Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. In case I don't spoil you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is Spoilers. Easy. Take a bow. Low-hanging fruit tonight. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Spoilers. Post episode 400, post Lord of the Rings, a new era for Spoilers. We have one, two, three, four, five Spoiler men with us tonight. Opening question to reflect on the nostalgia that I'm feeling in this post 400 episode era. (laughs) Who from the Spoilers nuclear or extended family would you most want to watch a 24-7 Truman Show ask about? So from their birth to present day, there's a 24-hour live stream of their life. Who do you think would be the most interesting? Um, we'll go from least recent to most recent host. So, Brett, that would be you to start. Crap. I, I totally misread what you said earlier today, and I have to change my answer on the fly. Do you, um, want a, do you want a second? We can go to Josh next. Yeah, go somewhere else. Josh loves budging people. Josh, why don't you go next? Gosh, now I have to be in the spot because of multiple Brett mess-ups tonight. Anyway... Yeah, I mean, if you guys would have got on on time, we could have started maybe a little earlier, but, you know. We were on time. <laughs> no, what? you were not on time at we all. We were on time. <laughs> I'm looking at the clock. Oh, we were on man. time. Classic Brett. 20 minutes late, yeah. blaming everyone else. <laughs> yeah, 20 minutes late. I... <laughs> anyway. I'm so freaking mad right now. He's <laughs> Sorry, Brett. Love you, boy. See, all the best podcasts start off like this. I'm here to tell you. <laughs> true fans know it's true. I have an answer. I have an answer for this question. Okay. Extended and nuclear family. I want to dip into our Patreon member cast, Pappy. And Matt Troll lives in a Scandinavian country. Mm. And I feel like it would just be cool to kind of like know what that life is like parallel to mine, like growing up and everything. So maybe that's a little bit of a cheap out, but I thought that was kind of a cool answer. Matt Troll. Matt Troll. Troll. <laughs> would be interesting uh brett do you have do you have one ready now uh, i guess um i don't know no one's really that interesting um jeez hard disagree i, I guess film dylan he's a, he's a cool dude he's very interesting i like his whole stick i guess so his whole stick probably him the cinephile stick which stick what part of his stick would you most look forward to seeing uh I don't. the balls <laughs> 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 the voice you heard there was Kylo Ren memes. Corey, what was the last movie you hosted on? Do you remember? The Boondock Saints. The Boondock Saints, the episode that YouTube won't let us post for whatever reason. Spoilers <laughs> back on YouTube, yeah. by the way. So check that out. I have that problem a lot. This is Corey, Kylo Ren memes. I don't think you asked this, but I'm recording out of Simi Valley, California. Uh, watching someone through like a Truman Show lens is a weird thought, right? What's what's the Meg look like? Anyone know? A <laughs> uh, giant shark in the ocean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Great movie. the Meg wins. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't really have like a real answer for this, but I will say that one of our patrons is pretty cool. His name's Brother Ellis. Mm. I I talk to him sometimes. Me and him have some like very similar interests. We both like collecting toys and a lot of like '90s nostalgia stuff. So. Maybe Brother Ellis, just based on that and the fact that like he's British, which is cool, so I can like watch him do some like yeah. British activities or whatever, like crumpets, sipping tea, beans, having a bloody spot of tea. 
Mm. And whatever he does, watching <laughs> Batman 1989, I know he's like obsessed with that movie. I don't know. Just doing British stuff, eating crumpets, you know? Yeah, all that crumpets. Stuff. <laughs> so you want to see what your life would be like, but with a British twist, basically. That's what you're hoping for. <laughs> Absolutely. And plus, you know, oh, I, I was going to mention this earlier. Sorry. Brother Ellis actually started his own podcast. Did you Ooh, guys know that? No. What? What's it called? Total Movie Recall. Oh, yeah. Just yeah, launched. Yeah. One episode on YouTube, and they actually do video and stuff. You can see his face. You can see his co-host's face. They they do the whole thing. What does he look like? Doxed him. He's a handsome boy. Mm. <laughs> Why <laughs> are we asking lasses. what our Patreons fucking look like? Stop <laughs> this. this. Boy. Ask the same thing, yeah. Josh. Stop this. When we put out the YouTube video, everyone's like, ugh, this is not what I pictured you looking like. And I said, <laughs> also, <"Ugh."> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way, I, I said that people weren't interesting. I, my brother's a patron, and he's very interesting. I just don't want to follow him around for 24-7. That's yeah. way too weird. So just wanted to say that. DV, who would you want to follow around? Brett. All day. Yeah. I feel like in a Truman Show setting, Brett would get the most frustrated. And I think it'd just be interesting to see. I, I mean, I wouldn't mind it. I mean, they people would be nice to me for once and not bully me. Brett, what part of your life do you think Stevie would be most shocked to see? <laughs> or the greater spoilers fans at large? Whew, that's a... The greater ones. Not the lesser ones. That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I'm actually pretty boring. Nah, um, come on. You got some fetishes that are going to come into light, right? Yeah, I was going to say, it has to be something in the bedroom, yeah. right? Like technique. <laughs> the size I of mean, something. Uh, all the above. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, stamina. I mean... No, it'd probably be how lazy I am. <laughs> that makes for great TV. Uh, this is Pappy <laughs> That's recording. That's what I'm saying. I'd be sitting there watching TV. Recording two feet from Stevie. We're trying out uh, Actually, the hold on, track. Pap. Yeah. Brett, what's the one show or movie people would be most shocked to see you binging? Mmm. Ooh. Boy Loves Buffy. Dang, it's such a good question. Post-Oscars, Brett. Oh, man. Buffy. No, I mean, no, back in the day, back in the Disney, I guess, but dang, dude, I don't know. It's a great question. I might have to come back to that. Well, while you think, I'll go ahead and go next. This is Pappy, like I said, recording two feet from Stevie in the same kitchen. My laptop screen just went black, but luckily we're not using it to record. So luckily, see, this, it worked out in our favor tonight, but Josh and Corey had no faith, but if I had to follow around someone from the greater sports family, I thought this was pretty easy. I want to see the life of Corey Kylo Ren memes unfold. Like yeah, if I can watch yeah. from birth to today, like <laughs> we could bring up the most random thing and Corey would be like, yeah, I got in a fight there and fell in love with a girl. And then <laughs> X, Y, Z, like Corey, your life must be the most interesting, right? Like deep down, you must think you have the most interesting life of anyone on this Back podcast. Back in the day, maybe. Joker says that he thought his life was a tragedy, but it's actually a comedy. Mine's the exact opposite. My life is a tragedy. It's not hey. fun. It's depressing, but you know what? Those bleak TV shows are pretty good. <laughs> Corey, and that's why I wanted to start with you. The Truman Show, which we're here to spoil tonight. I feel like it's a movie that's driven by its concept, and some would call it, it's not a Jim Carrey comedy, maybe a dark comedy. How would you describe the concept of The Truman Show? 
It's one of those cool mind-bending concepts, right? Much like the Matrix, and it came out pretty close to the Matrix. But I, I love a great concept for a movie, like just the idea, like, like the premise is like such a good idea and it's thought provoking and it makes you think about that premise outside of the movie when you're not watching it. And that's really cool. And that's I think hard to do, right? You see movies all the time that are pretty similar. Yeah, Ed TV. Have any of you guys ever pre or post Truman Show had what's known as like Truman syndrome? Because I remember as a kid, like when you know when he's like talking into the mirror and stuff like that. I remember kind of doing shit like that when I was maybe like five, six years old, almost as if there was a secret TV show. Is that just me? You thought so? You thought there was a secret TV show? <clears throat> maybe I, I just fantasized about it. I don't think I really thought there was, but like Josh, the young narcissist. I still think I am in a TV show. I used to always think people are spying on me. I still do. So <laughs> I guess if that counts. I'm not 100% sure I'm not in the Malcolm show, which was the original name for <laughs> the Truman show today. But Josh, oh. I, I think, like I said, the, the concept drives this movie so much. From the from the way that the cinematography unfolds to the way it's directed, take us to what the actual concept of the Truman show is. Like, like someone had never seen it before. Sure. Well, one of my favorite parts is when it's about halfway through the movie, maybe. It gets these really like sci-fi vibes, and it starts saying something like, only... It, this this structure stands alone with the Great Wall of China, the only the second man-made structure that's visible from the moon. And then it shows like this gigantic movie set that this of Christ character, God man, Ed Harris, has created. And it's like the womb for a man to be on TV. And so the basic premise is <laughs> Christoph was the first, like he pulled off the stunt where he's the first corporation to ever adopt a child. And then they just started following him around with cameras ever since. And they kind of mentioned, Pap, in the movie that the technology has like grown up with the show. And they started with just one camera. And now there's like hundreds hidden all around Thousands. the island. Thousands hidden all around this island. Mm -hmm. But it, it really dictates the way the movie looks and the way that the information's presented to us, right? Because there's constantly obscured shots, lots of like handheld camera no tracking shots like you would see in a different like a normal movie it's very much a precursor of what reality television came to be it draws attention to the camera itself which i'm sure stevie i'm guessing appreciated it's pretty cool i think as a movie watcher you don't get too many movies that have the chance to do it in this way i don't think he's talking about just like the different cameras and like lenses they were using josh yeah, and it would kind of show cameras in the background, like on a trash can. Or yeah, I did would, like that. It would have like the filters on it on that the sides. Neighbor with the trash can is the most sus guy ever. Like, how does Truman not realize he's pointing <laughs> his recycles like at him? Kind of markers for the like the greater cast to know where the cameras are. Like when those twins shove him up against the chicken sign, and it's like perfectly aligned with the camera and reverse shot perfectly aligned, like with the advertising. I thought that was cool. Yeah. The product placement. 
They got to pull off little tricks all throughout the movie to product placement in this movie. It's being funded like a Spielberg movie. There was something on that scene you're talking about that uh, where they throw him up against the sign mm-hmm. TV. I don't know if I'm reading into this or if it was deliberate. From what I've read, like pretty much everything in this movie is really deliberate, and like that's one of the things that makes it so cool. But uh, when they throw him up against the last ad after he kind of already knows what's going on. You can see the ad behind him, but the first letter is uh, obscured, and so they change camera angles so they can see the whole ad. And I thought that was like, <laughs> holy crap, that's unbelievable! Pull back, get the whole shot, get the get the whole shot. This is one of those movies where I, I saw Truman Show a lot growing up, and I was surprised at how popular it was on Letterbox. Of all my movies on my short list to pick, this was the second most popular one, ahead of movies like Moana and stuff. And I think that's because. Like, did you catch this a lot on Stevie, TBS, Stevie, when you were growing up? I feel like it was constantly on TV. Constantly on TBS. Um, I feel like TNT played it a lot, too. Turner Networks. Same company, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's not that surprising, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember, though, like, before streaming and stuff, if a movie was out, like, two years, it was constantly on TBS or TNT. I mean, mm-hmm. and like the cool thing about Truman Show is it's one of those movies, at least it is for me, where if Truman Show is on, I will stop what I'm doing and watch. Mm-hmm. And it became like way more relevant, like four years later after Survivor and stuff. Does it need to be R? I don't like. I don't think so. No, it's one of those movies that never feels like it's restraining itself to keep like a lower rating. Is it R? PG thirteen. PG thirteen. I thought it's PG. Oh, PG. The rarest of all. A family film. Well, nowadays they'll give anything a PG thirteen <laughs> that isn't animated. You know, because they don't want people to think it's for babies. Yeah. Stevie, we've been watching Truman Burbank since he was a baby. What is <laughs> Jim Carrey like in this movie? Because it's a very different... This is the height of Jim Carrey, arguably, coming off this incredible run of the 90s. I know he had like years where he had probably higher box office returns, but I think this is the follow-up movie to The Liar Liar. So this is like the home stretch of his incredible this is run. post-Liar Liar and pre-Majestic, I think. If I remember that correctly on IMDb. But... I really enjoy his character in this movie. I also really enjoy the world. The, the, like, the world that Kristoff is trying to portray, you know, even, you know, say it's in the 90s, is very, like, a world you'd see, like, in a 50s diner painting. Does that make sense? Norman Rockwell. Yeah. Very, Norman Rockwell, yeah. Very, you know, leave it to Beaver almost is what Sea Haven is. And Truman's kind of a square. And when we enter in on Truman, when he's almost 30 years old, he's kind of bra- at that breaking point of, you know, what am I doing with my life? You know, here's what I want to be doing. And I think it's really cool to see him kind of go through the transformation of just having a break. I'm not going to make it. You're going to have to go on without me. No way, mister. You're going to the top of this mountain, broken legs and all. Do you think Jim Carrey is a great actor? Yes. Yes. I do as well. I think after this movie, for sure. He can do drama, and this movie is mostly a drama. I mean, it pretty much is. He's just a goofy guy, so you have the Jim Carrey comedic elements where he you know, introduces his himself, Jim Carreyisms. But when I think of movies like this, maybe not The Majestic, because that movie just sucks, but... <laughs> Man on the Moon. 
And of course, Eternal Sunshine. I know, Stevie, you're a fan. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. He's really good at conveying a deep sense of sadness. Yeah, and that's what's interesting about his character is he kind of does that salesman bullshit talk and smile to get through the day. But you can tell, you know, even when he's smiling or, you know, talking upbeat, there's a lot of pain behind those eyes. And that I think that is the mark of a great actor. It's pretty unethical, the life that they've made him live, right? Oh, my. Yeah, I was going to say, we should get this out of the way. Like, Kristoff should go to prison forever, right? Like, this is like not even the worst. He legally adopted him. Does it mean you can kidnap somebody? <sighs> he was an unwanted pregnancy. He would have been aborted it's anyway. It's called fraud. That's called, everything about the situation is fraud. I think Ed Harris as Kristoff is terrible. But I think Marlon and Meryl, yeah. his wife and best yeah. friend, are like monsters. I think Marlon has got to be. And that was one of the things I watched last night that made me like most disappointed was that they never really had a. Because like, he gives that whole speech about if this is fake, then I'm fake. And it's like, that's like, it's such a cool moment in the movie. But you're like, man, it's such a douchey thing. Yeah, you're. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think. Ed Harris is probably still the worst, but yeah, Marlon is so bad. I mean, can we all agree that Noah Emmerich, who plays Marlon, has one of the most all-time punchable faces <laughs> in Hollywood history? <laughs> he just reminds me of Biff. He looks like a so, coach. Like, I definitely <laughs> want to punch him as well. That moment, though, that's like some of Jim, like, Corey, you asked if I think Jim Carrey's a great actor. Like, that moment, because it's when Marlon says... If I if uh, everyone was in on it, then I would have to be in on it. You can see Jim Ferry's realization that oh shit, he's in he on is it too, in on it. and like then he's got to like smile through and keep this this face. One one of the things that before I, we get to that point, uh, go ahead, Josh. Oh well, I was gonna say if we're on that point, that was one mm-hmm. of where my biggest notes were. But let's wait, let's wait. I do want to talk about the beginning because this movie is not how I remember it at all. Like I watched a ton when I was a kid, but this movie is a hundred minutes long. And every scene is so dense with information, but it doesn't feel overwhelming. <laughs> okay, Rick McCollum. It's so dense. It's like poetry. Everything rhymes. Um, <laughs> every frame is so dense. Every frame of painting. You know what I mean, though, Corey? Like, the, the production design informs so much of this world. Like, even, like, the opening, quote, credits, right? Like, they, they don't hide the fact that mm-hmm. you're in a television show at any point. Right. There's, like, a plasticness to the environment, too. You know, it's... It, it it feels to us artificial, but uh, like Kristoff says, and this is like a, a point in the movie, of course, we accept the reality of the world in which we're presented. Mm. So Truman will never know the plasticness, the fakeness of everything that's around him until he leaves eventually. How do you but- interpret that? Like any dumbass eats the shit sandwich you give him. Like that's pretty insulting to the human character, isn't it? Yeah, but he has no reason to think it's fake, though. I thought that's what he meant. Like, he's got no reason to question it because it's his that's reality. All he's ever yeah. known. It's Plato's yeah. cave, Josh. He's just looking at shadows. Looking at no shadows, idea. man. Well, he's on the wrong side in the end, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, of course. Christoph, let me ask you: Why do you think that uh, Truman has never come close to discovering the true nature of his world until now? We accept the reality of the world with which we're presented. It's as simple as that. What I was saying, like, like the way this is paced, like, I don't know why, but in my head, I felt like there was more of the Truman Show where shit was just kind of normal, but everything's Same. going awry 
within five minutes of the movie, that light falls right away, right? Like it's three insane. minutes in. Three minutes in. Light falls. I was thinking about that a lot today, Pappy, because my recollection of the movie was, yeah, you spend a lot of time as Truman in normalcy, and it's not like that in this rewatch. And I was wondering why. And I think that I don't think we can stay here very long with any believability that he's like not figuring it out. Like that can just remain off screen 29.98 years of him like falling for it. But like you start to see like the circular nature of people walking the same cul-de-sac twice and stuff like pretty quickly. So I think, do you see anything in that Stevie? Like he need, they needed to show to, to show him as like a real person, like he needed to figure out the, this out pretty quickly, I think. Well, the one thing I think this movie did great, I mean, I keep saying great and amazing because this movie is great and amazing, but I think a lesser movie would have tried to pull a twist. Yes, like 100%. We're, I we're thought in that a thought. TV show. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That's what Serenity did with the video game. I think that's a much <laughs> yeah. lesser movie. And the smart thing that this movie did was from the opening credits, boom, we're in a TV show. So the greatest thing that we have going for us is we are not on Truman's journey with Truman. We are an audience member. And all we can do is watch through the lenses of all these cameras Mm -hmm. and kind of be in the same room as like, you know, the diehard Truman fans. You know, we are not on this journey with Truman. So I think the really cool thing about this is the fact that we know it's a TV show right away. The concept is the concept, but then the story is this guy is starting to realize at Mm -hmm. this moment what happens. But here's my question to you, Stevie, right right back at you. Is this a particularly bad week for the production staff or is shit just (laughs) always this chaotic? Because it's just hitting the fan. Like, like it's a horrible week for the Truman Show. Well, you can... I think what's happened is it's not like they're a bad career. I think they fall into complacency. Mm. You know, hit your mark. He goes here. He goes here for lunch. Tonight, they're reading this. And they're kind of trying to guide Truman along. But what they weren't ever ready for was Truman rebelling. And so that's what we're getting to see. Like, he's here, he's here, cover up the set. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I I think that's what we're kind of, you know, supposed to believe. But it's like a light falls and the radio goes out. Yeah. He's turning on a Lancaster. But but did he, here's my thing. Yeah, those are bad things. But wouldn't you say the catalyst of all this was seeing his dad? Like, that's what really, like everything else is just kind of, huh, that's weird. But, like, didn't the dad thing kind of set it all off? So, like, without the dad thing going, it's just, a, like, a weird thing. I mean, weird things happen in real life, too. I mean, satellites fall out of the sky. Yeah. That's a strong one, Brett. But to me, I almost think the movie's kind of brilliant in that it isn't one thing that he's like, oh, yeah. this is the smoking gun. It's kind of just this culmination of things that are big, like that, or his ex-girlfriend from high school. Or the falling light. But then there's things that are like really subtle, like just a feeling he might get or a look on his face. So it's or like the, the whole range. <laughs> or the, yeah, the radio pointing out exactly where he is. <laughs> What's weird is that after there's so much time in between when we see him and the flashback with that Sylvia girl, like, why did he forget all that so quickly? Or was, was that willing to believe that she was schizophrenic? Or, I mean, because there was a lot of time in between, unless Truman's supposed to be like 
22 years old, which I don't think he is. But. That's why Kristoff's such a psycho, because it's, it's so well written, too, because it's like she brings all her boyfriends here. You know what I mean? That's the mm-hmm. exact kind of thing that yeah. would oh, cast yeah. that out. But he does call her Sylvia as she's driving away. Brett, you mentioned the, the, the flashbacks. Go oh, go ahead. Just quick, just quick note. Beginning of the movie says day 10,909 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. divided by 365. That's 29.88. So I think presumably he actually turns thirty at some point in this movie. It's kind of skipped over. Should in the have editing. divided it by three sixty-five point two five. Josh, dang, damn! Everyone on the podcast is officially older than Truman Burbank is in the Truman Show. It's a little sad, <laughs> but not older than Jim Carrey while recording <laughs> this. <laughs> Brett, I want to come to you because we spend ninety-nine percent of this time. In this dome, but there are a few glimpses of the outside world. I can get. I'm trying to guess who your favorite um, uh, observer of the Truman Show is. Does it have anything to do with the nine nine? Actually, you know what? I I've seen Scully in multiple things other than Brooklyn Nine Nine, and I hate him in everything except for. <laughs> Wait, which one is that? The guy with the buzzed crew cut on the right. Domino's Pizza. Uh, the, oh. One of the, the security guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's the last like, scene okay. of the movie. Yep. He's in an episode yeah. of Curb Your Enthusiasm where he's a huge dick. He's in the Co- the Shack episode. <laughs> he's a guy who cheats at categories. Um anyway, uh yeah, he I mean that those two guys are pretty funny. Uh I don't know why I kind of like the the waitresses. Uh, the, the Japanese family is really funny too. I mean, they're like it's like pure joy with them. The dad is uh chosen from Karate Kid too. Yeah, I know exactly who he was. Douchebag. He's also Yeah. Uh, I think he came back for Cobra Kai, but um, spoiler alert. Nice. But, uh, I mean, Paul Giamatti's the best. Ready to go to two. And back to medium. And wide. Josh, was there anything that stood out from you from that college flashback? Was it high school or college flashback? College. I don't, I've always thought it was college. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, really I, maybe the Truman Show has some like blurred version where he's like in high, high school for like a decade. Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they could do anything. Yeah. Could you talk through a, a little bit of the college flashback at a high level? But more, more importantly, what does Sylvia bring in here? Because like I said, we learned so much about the politics of the external world just through like posters on her wall right like we understand that like even though truman's beloved by some it's still a very controversial thing what is it sylvia or lauren garman garland i thought garland Garland. yeah like a lot of the names are like tied to famous hollywood people marlon merrill garland stewart street yeah so most of the the whole thing really revolves around her right and it's clear that the Truman Show's producers are trying to push Meryl as a love interest. And Meryl is very much also trying to push herself as a love interest, mm-hmm. which is kind of just so it's just so terrible when you really stop to think about it. But anyway, there's another cast member that must be just like schoolmate 17. And it's Lauren. And her and Jim Carrey have been like catching each other's eye and yeah she ends up being kind of like his touch to his like touch point to reality in a way like later in the film and she's one of the people like watching and calling in and stuff but 
it's mostly to introduce that there's this moment where someone that he kind of fell in love with told him in this quick moment on the beach that, hey, I love you, and this is a television show, and this is like wreaking havoc on your life, and you're not a free person. Well, you see, you just explained it better in 14 words than she did in 100. It makes me so <laughs> frustrated how bad she describes it. She picks up sand. She's like, this is not real. This. And he's like, what the fuck, sand? You're like, on TV. <laughs> everyone can see you. They're watching him. And like, it's just so, the way she describes it, it's so terrible. They're here. Truman. What do they want? Listen to me. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows everything you do. They're pretending, Truman. Do, do you understand? Everybody's pretending. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. No, no, no. My, my name's not Lauren. It's Sylvia. My name's Sylvia. Sylvia? Yeah. Lauren, sweetheart. Out again. Hey, wait a minute. Who are you? I'm her father. What? I've never even Come seen on, you sweetie. before. We're doing it. Please, honey. He's lying. Honey, please. Truman, please. No, don't listen no. to him. Everything I've on? told you is the truth. Please. This is look at this. It's fake. It's all for you. I don't understand. And the sky and the sea, everything. It's a set. It's a show. Everybody's watching you. Please, don't listen to him. He's going to lie to you. Watching you right now. You would sound crazy. If like yeah. I was like, Pappy, there really is the Malcolm show. Look They're for the cameras. You. I feel like I knew you it. You need medicine, Lord. <laughs> Pappy in the middle. Josh is right next to the camera there. Uh, the yeah, microphone. my bad. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, Corey, but that's the thing about Truman, though, right? Obviously, he's been through some trauma between seeing his dad drown and having like the only woman who ever loved and was honest with him. It's so cruel. Leave. <laughs> But he was also kind of dealing with this in kind of a creepy, weird way, right? Like, what's Truman's coping mechanism to find this woman? You guys have never uh, collected women's fashion magazines and created a collage of a face of a <laughs> of a fling you had ten years ago. Look, in Truman's defense, I don't know like what things are like for you guys, but you know, I can relate to Truman on some level of like the the like strong emotional attachment to someone that you were connected to for a short time, but it was strong a long time ago. And that person still affects you later in life. Jeez. So I, that I can relate to. And I think I'll tell your wife that I wasn't sure that I would appreciate <laughs> that as an adult, the way I did when I was a kid. It doesn't have to be romantic for that to happen. Yeah. Though, can, Brett. yeah. It, that's true. It doesn't have it to was, be though. And I don't know. It's like, I, I, again, I don't know anyone else. I only know myself, but I feel like that's a very relatable thing to like have this connection to someone that uh, you had a moment with and it'll be with you forever. And Truman only had that in a genuine sense once. So that's the one he's got and that's the one he holds on she to. She was the only one who, like I said, was ever honest with him. So at some level too, right, that conversation's probably you know, registering on a different wavelength than everyone's had. Uh, it's just, uh, I've this is kind of a change of a, I don't know. Like we talk about how naive Truman was. I think the scene where towards the very end with his relationship with Meryl, where he's like, why are you married me? You don't even like me. Like, I don't know. Like it's, it's, uh, it's genius. Line. He is. Yeah. It's awesome. It's amazing writing because it's like, there is substance to us as individuals and humans in our relationships that you can't really put into words. Yes. This relational kind of magic thing. And 
Truman's been denied it his whole life, but yet he still has the power to like realize my wife doesn't love me, and that's pretty obvious. <laughs> well, but what makes it <laughs> so better, sad. though? It, yeah, but what makes it better though is Meryl obviously thinks that she's doing a great job. Like, oh yeah, they are they are a couple that's worldwide loved, and everyone thinks they're the perfect couple. But he's the only one that realizes, man, this girl does not even like me. Like, I don't know. It's just really cool. Like you said, it's really, really good writing. I love that he might be, like, insulting her acting right there. That, like, is a great <laughs> singer for him. Like, I love that shit, Brett. So cool. One question I have about her, though, and I'm not an expert on marriage laws, but if you cross your fingers while you say your <laughs> vows, does that null and void everything? Like I think it's probably just because, like, first of all, maybe it wasn't a, an ordained minister. Uh, it's technically on a TV set, so I mean, but yeah, that's that's a really weird. That's one of the worst little plot small, points of the whole yeah. movie. But it's also just kind of funny. It's like the one thing that stands out to me, Pappy, as like explicitly bad. Yeah, right. Of all the things that take him out of this world, the the relationship one, the thing with his wife is that in their wedding photo, <laughs> the photo, she is crossing I, her fingers. I ahead, disagree Josh. because. I think, dude, it gets it gets dark because I think Meryl takes like one month vacation a year and several other weekend vacations where she's just going out, having vacations, screwing other dudes, living a different <laughs> life. That Jada Pinkett lifestyle. And she's got this Ooh, thing where she's, 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 telling, entanglements. she's telling these other side dudes, yeah, I married Truman, but when you look at the pictures, I got my fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> She's probably she's like super famous, Josh. So she gets to use that to get with guys. This is a different point, Josh. But to help to add on to you disagreeing, I it's kind of cool. It's kind of showing that he's probably literally never looked through that book before. Like that's how little it means to him. Mm -hmm. So I think that part of it is cool. Plus, like the Mount Rushmore. (laughs) <laughs> like he's noticing how weird that looks for the first time. He's like, "What was this late '80s technology? <laughs> this this old Photoshop sucks." How platonic Just, do you guys think this relationship really is? Well, they have sex, right? They don't show it though. It's always a breezy curtain. They play some music. No, you, know, you like to see it though. <laughs> I don't he think said they he wants do, to, Brett. He's but Christoph said he wants to have a live, whatever you call that, impregnation. Conception? The first television televised conception? I don't know. I thought they I thought they had sex. But... I thought that was gonna be the first time. Yeah, I think Christoph was still waiting for them to have sex. Yeah, I think yeah, I think she was holding out, man. <laughs> what? You, wait, you don't think they've banged? No. But that scene later when he's all wet and she's like come to bed, like she's being all sexy. Yeah. Dude, I think she has like Circe level tricks where she just gives him like a hand job and he's like, Whoa, this is awesome. First <laughs> <laughs> <Forrest> gump level <laughs> trick. <laughs> So, you know, he sees his wife has her fingers crossed. He's starting to break down a little bit. One thing that's not clear to me, Corey, is that why are the contingencies plans so strong? So bad? No, I feel like the contingency plans are great. They have like layers and layers and layers of... Yeah, the actors are bad when... The actors are bad. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, right. But the the day-to-day operations are so rough. Like, like, talk us through the... um, When Truman's feeling spontaneous... Uh, <laughs> let's go now. 
ready to go now. Why wait? <laughs> Early bird gathers no moss. Rolling stone catches the worm, right? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Truman! Where shall we go? Where shall we go? <laughs> Truman, where are we going? I don't really know. I guess I'm being spontaneous. <laughs> Somebody help me! I'm being spontaneous! Well, when you, you said he starts to notice things that are not right in his world. And a lot of those things are just like picking up on patterns of like people nearby that do specific things all the time, <laughs> which I mean, they should have like canceled that process like 10 years ago. They should have like introduced some like random elements, you know, to their to their set. So that's a problem. But, you know, he takes Meryl and he uh he has a, a kind of a mini nervous breakdown about it all. You know, a few things have happened. He saw his father. No one believes him. The light fell. You know, the radio situation. The rain. Mm -hmm. the rain that just rains on him specifically. Why do they have that? Why is that an option to rain on one person? Like, <laughs> so yeah, he he drives around their little town of Sea Haven like a madman. But you know, he stopped at all turns with traffic or. You know, construction. That's such a cool scene. Or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Is that some of the hubris of Kristoff to, like, fuck with Truman in that way? Like, the single rain cloud? Like, look, <laughs> this guy, like, the, how obvious can we be? But this guy's just going to keep living here and getting dumped on, eating this shit sandwich. I, I thought it had to be, like, a glitch or something. I don't think they would have done that. I didn't pick up on this. It's probably not the case, but... Paul Giamatti does have a throwaway line where he's trying to let the new guy do stuff. Could that maybe be why things are happening all of a sudden? The new guy brought the whole system down. <laughs> no, but like, like when he One man. he screws up when he's running the show. There are fan theories that like there are certain people among the cast and crew that are like trying to help Truman out subtly. So I think upon repeated, repeated viewings maybe you could come to some of those conclusions. Honestly, that makes sense because there would be, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there would have to be people trying to people fight against People with moral fiber? <laughs> yeah. When he takes the bus, the bus driver seems genuinely sad that he can't yeah. drive yes. him out of there. Um, which is a great performance by him. I guess on that note, too, there's a scene earlier where it's the same... I don't know if it's the same bus driver, but there's he's trying to take a ferry across the water. What is the point of that early in the story have like testing Truman. You know what I mean? Cause the boss is like, you're going to lose your job if you don't do this. But I feel like it really only. Ooh. Yeah. You know what? Is it, is that just for like, is that a mistake by it's like just for us? That's what to I feel know like. That he's scared of water. For, it's just for us. I mean, within the context of the show, it's, like, it's an excuse for that flashback, right? To show the, the dad flashback. If they're trying to do yeah, a rerun. It's also kind of maybe what Josh says. It's like Christoph's just kind of, Messing with them. I think it's to reinforce Truman's fear. Mm. I think so as well. They want to make sure that he's still afraid. Yeah, is he still afraid of this? Let's test it. And like the one thing I think is great is the guy who hands him the ticket. What I love is when he hands him the ticket, he follows Truman the entire time. Like he looks out, like if you look in the background, he's like looking right at him, like, is he gonna do it? Is he gonna do it? Like it's <laughs> it's fun to watch. There's so much detail in this movie, like the travel office, the production design of like the posters, mm -hmm. and like, the plane getting hit by a lightning bolt. <laughs> it could happen to you. This could happen to you. Also, yeah. uh, a thing I never noticed, but I, I meant to send you guys this thing today. It was like incredible. Like 20 things you didn't notice. Like 
the travel agent comes out and she still has her makeup bib on. Mm hmm. Because she's still putting her makeup yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's not supposed to be there. Right. The travel office is presumably, like, empty at all times. And the reason <laughs> that Truman's waiting, I think, it's is because they have to send a cast yeah, member in there sure. to act as the travel agent. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. And then, like, what's what are the... If you think of the five worst things you'd see in a travel uh, whatever, it's the posters on the wall. Those, and they have all, all of them there, like... It getting struck by lightning. What's the science is like? Have you thought about terrorist? Yeah, terrorist <laughs> crashes. Like, it, it's like so awesome. <laughs> it's not super hidden or anything, but when he's walking out in the deck trying to get on that ferry, and there's like a half buried the boat. robo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so good. That visual of just like a half buried wooden robo is just kind of haunting and cool in itself. It, and it's like used in a really cool way in this movie. I know that's not like super subtle symbolism, but I liked it. Like I said, Rick McCollum, this movie is so dense. Every frame of painting. <laughs> hey, Josh, I have a question for you. Um, <laughs> that scene that kind of breaks up the movie where Kristoff has taken words, uh, taking an interview from, um, what's his name, Harry Shear. Yeah. Uh, Principal Skinner. That to me screams a scene that would normally like start a movie. Did you like how it was more so in the middle? You're right. Good call. Well, it's right at the 60 minute mark. And I want to touch on that, but it's right after the dad returns too, Josh. I know you had a moment, a uh, line on that or a uh, important note on that. Do you want to bring that up now too? And then jump into the, the interview? Yes. So I guess right preceding that scene is when um, Truman's talking to his best friend since he was seven, Marlon. And it's when it's revealed that like Kristoff has the power to speak words into the actor's ears, like live. <laughs> and so Marlon's like repeating after Ed Harris. And there's this really cool touch where Ed Harris says, you know, he's reading the line that he wants Marlon to say. And he says, I'd gladly walk in front of traffic for you. And Noah Emmerich's character, Marlon, changes it to, I'd gladly step in front of traffic for you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that, you know, the Truman Show, the movie that we see, the film, it could easily get that scripting right. But it's showing that Noah's, Emmerich's character, Marlon, really cares about his status, like, as an actor, and it's like trying to be <laughs> no, like my a character method actor. Would say step, not walk. Yes. Speak, boys. It sweeps. You're the closest thing I ever had to a brother, Truman. I know that things haven't really worked out for either of us like we used to dream they would. I know that feeling when it's like everything's slipping away and. You don't want to believe it, so you you look for answers somewhere else. But well, but well, the point is, I'd gladly walk in front of traffic for you. Well, the point is, I would gladly step in front of traffic for you, Truman. Thing I'd ever do is lie to you. And the last thing that I would ever do is lie to you. And you want Marlon to like have a heart for Truman, and he just doesn't <laughs> give a shit. 
He's just kind of no, he really does. He's just concentrating on his acting and like keeping this whole show together and pounding I beers love, and hitting golf balls, man. That's I, the life. I, he does have the life. Josh, <laughs> that scene is so chilling, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's meant to be such a heart to heart, and that's the way Truman is supposed to interpret it. And it would be, but we know what's really going on, and it's it's evil what's happening, and uh, it's it's just great filmmaking here uh i stepped away for a second i i miss you guys talking about the father i think it's something that's cool that i just noticed thought about a couple minutes ago is the scenes that we find cool are like the opposite of the scenes that the actual audience finds cool like we want them to figure stuff out and they just love seeing them do normal crap i think it's really cool that we kind of got to experience that father scene together it was really cool to watch, you know, Kristoff is evil, but watching him do all that stuff and make the quick decisions he made, like, we're actually sharing in a really cool scene with the people that are actually watching the movie. Am I making the show? Am I making sense? Yeah. Yeah. Even the father's presence is like a trick because at first you think, oh, this guy came back because he felt guilty that he put his like television but kind of real life son through this trauma and then at the end no, of the movie care. it's revealed he that he's care. yeah he's just like he'll come to my voice come out Truman wherever you are like, he's just pissed that he got killed off <laughs> like a soap opera star he's mad yeah exactly he just wanted his salary and it's so sad I love what you said though Corey like it's a chilling moment and I didn't really think of it that way but that is probably one of the most affecting moments of the movie like you could picture yourself We've all had conversations like that with close friends. And to think that they might just have some complete other motive and don't give a shit about you. That's terrible. That yeah. That's the nightmare. I've experienced something like what you're saying. Obviously not like in the Truman show, but yeah, we've yeah. all talked to Josh I later. You know. Have you been <laughs> friends with this is a serious question. Like this happens when people grow up with like a psychopath. You might be friends with that person your whole life and they don't like they don't love you like you're just a like a means to an end and a convenience for them. I mean, it's a little different, but what were you going to say, Corey? You, your situation. I mean, I just had a situation that where the person <laughs> seemed to care and then it turns out they had other motivations like Josh was saying without getting into specifics. Is that your old girlfriend that you had a connection with? Brett, stop it, bro. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to watch the Corey show. We kind of touched on this earlier, but this movie came out in the 90s when I was a kid. I saw it as a kid. Mm -hmm. Every kid saw every Jim Carrey movie. That's true. Mm -hmm. Even ones like this that were a little bit more mature. But my cousin Shane, like this fucked with his head legitimately Mm -hmm. seeing this movie. Like the concept, like he, he really thought that his life was like this after seeing the movie for probably not a long time maybe a few days but uh he was talking about it nonstop, and i had to like tell him like dude you're not interesting (laughs) enough like think about like like, (laughs) trying to shake him out of it you know like plus it's like that means they made it for his benefit like why would they want him to know i don't know i mean no you're right on the point brett because there's the two two of the top uh posts on reddit about the truman show of all time one is saying 
the Truman Show is proof that none of us are living in the Truman Show because they would never make this movie. Nope. <laughs> and the second one is the Truman Show is proof we're all living in the Truman Show because it's the exact thing you would do if you wanted to trick someone and convince them you weren't in a movie. That's true. <laughs> it's that old skeptic argument. They, the Bigfoot believers, they'll all tell you one thing. They, they love this line. That's what they want you to think. <laughs> and they'll say that about anything. That's, what they That's want the global you to response. Think. Don't put Bigfoot believers in the same box as like flat earthers <laughs> and like January 6th folks. It's not the same. It's different. Do you okay. whatever? Let's can, okay, let's go ahead and just can we at least say flat earthers are the lowest rung? Come on. That's like my least like I mean, I know you want to get your joke out, but <laughs> Nothing's worse than flat earthers, and if you're listening, I think Bigfoot believers are dumber than flat earthers. <laughs> no, personally. no, 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 because the <laughs> ancient Greeks knew the world was globular five thousand years ago. There's no five thousand. What they want you to think? I'm getting really agitated. every single culture from every corner of the earth has had Bigfoot legends pop up within their history every corner of the earth so you're a flat earther no bigfoot legends you said every corner from edge to edge of the <laughs> earth it's a f- i promise you there's a much better chance that bigfoot is alive it's just a turn of phrase bigfoot was just a primate that went extinct they were like eight or nine feet tall had huge feet is this it's just harry henderson <laughs> they may have figured out how to travel through time mentally and that's why they still hang out a bit i'm glad we've got to the point where we're getting to the deep conspiracy theories that we all believe in on the pod <laughs> but, show. but my bad steve you asked a really good question to josh a couple minutes ago but i didn't want to skip over the dad returning josh, i think the question was steve, how do you feel about the um the editing choice because the I exposition mean, being at the 60 minute mark of a yeah, hundred minute movie like really that's a that interview is a breakdown that we would get, I mean, right at the beginning of a normal movie. And to throw that out an hour in, it really kind of reminds you of what you're watching. And it also explains really well, too. That's why I was asking Josh about how he felt about that editing choice. Okay, I, I don't think this is the route you want me to go, Stevie. But I think it gets you on board as a movie watcher. Because it's saying that, like, I've trusted you to get to this point kind kind of knowing this anyway yeah and now i'm just gonna make sure that we like have all our shit together and straight and i i love that about it i I don't know is that kind of what you're getting from it yeah um i think it's just a good job of reinforcing kind of like what we're already suspecting just on a greater level and you know it is an exposition dump but i think it's actually meaningful and also builds around the characters that are good and evil. And well, think about where it falls in the story too, right? Truman's mania, insanities, ratcheting up, ratcheting up, ratcheting up. He, he basically holds, uh, what's, what's that called? Like a kitchen helper <laughs> to his wife's... <laughs> That's um, such a funny scene. <laughs> to his wife's neck. One of, the, one of the best scenes in the movie. Then his dad comes back. Then it takes this beat to answer all of the questions that you have. So you're not going to be distracted by any of like the ins and outs of how did this actually happen? Where did he actually come from? To the point where it's like answering how he was adopted and came to be here. And then the last 30, 40 minutes of the movie are all essentially the climax. The the escape starts at like when there's only 30 minutes left of the movie. And there's a little bit where he's back to his old, his old self. But CP, what goes down here when Truman goes to make his escape from this. <laughs> well, you're talking about the basement, you're talking about the cars. Uh, we'll start with the basement first. Yeah. I, I think love you skipped ba- my favorite scene, but we'll What's come back to it, scene? I guess. No, no, no. no. Let's go. go ahead. I think the funniest, best scene in the movie 
is when he's watching them do surgery. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, dude. They have no idea what to do. Oh, my God. It's so amazing. He's looking at us. <laughs> he's, like, going to cut his knee. She's going to sue Kristoff. Oh, my God. It's so funny. You sure? I'm now making my primary incision just above the right knee. Did they take off her leg? <laughs> <laughs> They're so panicked. It's so funny. It's like, is this exactly what? None of those people know anything. They can't even drive a boat or do simple things because they're just actors and them trying to pretend that they're surgeons is so funny to me. Well, it's just like good like attention to detail too because no doctor or surgeon would ever do that because the first part of it, like the HIPAA oath is I'll do no harm. So I think it's funny that like no real doctor or nurses would be on this show. And the simple fact that yeah. like the actors that are playing the doctors and nurses resort to that is hilarious. How would Truman get medical care then? He would have to have some kind of real... Doctor, yeah, Bad doctors and nurses, man. Yeah, yeah, I guess that makes that sense. and probably really good product placement from Merrill. I guess while we're there too, that whole Brett, that whole nuclear scene is fucking batshit too, right? This is what I was saying. It's like, how do they have oh, such yeah. a robust contingency plan of like all of the shit out there ready to go? Even if he drives over the bridge, those guys are like the the beacons, like Gondor guys. They're just over there waiting for their turn <laughs> to do something for the time. <laughs> They're waiting for the beacons to be lit, and then they, like, stage a nuclear disaster within five minutes. Dude, that guy gets stiff-armed by Truman, so <laughs> that first guy. I know the, you're talking they, about, yeah. There's, I was I watching this video, and there's a lot of cool details in this one, too. Like, the bridge says you're leaving. What's the, what's the show called? What's the city called? Sea Haven. Sea Haven. Sea Haven. It said you are now leaving Sea Haven in the bottom. Like, it says, are you sure you want to do that? Or something like that. And then, like, someone pointed out that those trees are... Very obviously man-made because they're all, I mean, like, man, obviously they're man-made, but, like, they're planted all in, like, lines. It's just, it's just really, really cool. Right, like the artificial nature of the yeah. scenery as you leave, You talk right? about con contingencies, though, Pap, and I think that this one is a rehearsed contingency plan. I really do. Oh, yeah. It's a... Uh, the ish hits the fan. Like, yeah. this one is the fire drill. Like, the the cars, you know, the bus and everything stopping, whatever. But I think this one, because Meryl, like, right off the bat, is like, oh, there's a leak at the plant. Like, who would ever get that just from that? That's like a rehearsed contingency plan. Two things. That scene where he's flooring the gas and driving over the bridge. Fucking incredible. <laughs> Love it. Second thing. The cop who calls him a I'm Truman. I'm the cop who says, you're welcome, Truman. What a you're fuck welcome, up. Truman. That oh, guy dude, he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's part dead. of the conspiracy. Mm, oh, he's in on it. You're, he's trying to free Truman. Hashtag. Well, he's, he's one, of the, gulag, he's one of the details, yeah. Mm. A dead man at that. Truman? It looks like a leak at the plant. Back up, back up. Leak at the plant. You had to shut her down. Is there any way around? Whole air is being evacuated. Is there anything I can do? No, ma'am. Thank you for your help. You're welcome, Truman. I want to take a quick step back, Pappy, because my single favorite part of the movie happens earlier. Now, we talked about Truman and Marlon having their heart-to-heart, -heart, but what follows that is my favorite scene. 
And that's when Truman's reunited with his dad, who was presumed dead from drowning when he was a kid, right? Back off the fog. <laughs> that's, that's part of it, Josh, because it actually is a beautifully framed scene, <laughs> and it has a great emotional weight to it. And the music is beautiful. Dude, the I music, love the score for this movie. The music in this movie the, is fucking incredible. You're so right when you said that a couple weeks ago. But this whole thing is set up to be so beautiful, and it is to everyone watching it at home. But for us, it's made so remarkably uncomfortable by the fact that it's being directed by Kristoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I just love that, like, that comparison, right? That juxtaposition of, like, how beautifully nice it is and, like, what it's doing to Truman emotionally. And then, like, how sick and twisted it is that this is all being controlled. And he's, like, making art. Like, you watch his face and he's, like, conducting a symphony while this thing's happening. <laughs> he's going Willem Dafoe and Boondocks. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that word, Josh. We don't, we're going to get banned. We're not allowed to use it. Um, Boondocks thinks it's copyrighted. Uh, <laughs> that, that mixed with, uh, like, a deleted scene is actually really, really brilliant, too, because... Um, that explains how one of the ways that Truman gets away at the end because in the deleted scene that ring he has actually has a camera in it um, and it was a ring that was his father's which is why they like it ensures that he'll keep it on and then when his dad comes back apparently he gives the ring back to his dad so they mm. don't have a camera on him like that's sir if all else fails we at least have this ring which he's always going to wear because his dad gave it to him yeah, if it was modern day, they'd be putting a GPS up his ass for sure. <laughs> for sure. Damn. You brought up deleted scenes, Brett. Did you hear any other deleted scenes? I saw a couple things. that I don't know if they were from earlier don't. drafts of the script, um, but there's some other weird stuff that I saw, too. Did anything stand out to you or any other behind the scenes? Well, I was watching a second clip, and I stopped it. I was like, I'll come back to it. It was This was originally supposed to be modeled on Michael Jackson. I wish I would have followed up on that. Um, no, not really, except for... Like, this was supposed to... Oh, well, yeah. I mean, this was supposed to be a really dark movie, the original script, where the he Malcolm was an alcoholic. Show. Yeah, in New York. Yeah, he was an alcoholic. It was going to rain all the time. Um, and then when they brought in Peter Weir, he's like, no, I want Jim Carrey for this role. And then, like, it took them 16 rewrites together to come up with this script to make it more of a... how it turned out. So, other than that, no, I don't really know... It's good writing. Peter Weir, what, two movie club or more? Two movie club, this and Witness, I believe. Nice. Witness. Nice. nice. Witness, mm. Pappy, go, going back to that moment, though, I think it's kind of where we left off, is that Kristoff is like, Jim Carrey can leave at any time. He says that later in the movie, or earlier in the movie, to like Lauren on the phone. Like, Truman isn't a prisoner, he can leave. But then they do have all these contingency plans that culminate in like literally a dozen men assaulting Truman to the ground and not letting him leave. Mm-hmm. Do you? I'm wondering if you, Pappy, host, lover of Truman Show, it's true. Do you think Kristoff has like humanity at all? Like, where where do you stand on this of Christ character? I think Kristoff has what we call a. Christ-like figure of the movie complex, where he considers himself. <laughs> Christ off. One of the Christ off. One of the Christ off. One of the best parts is when I'll skip ahead a little bit to the very end of the movie, and Truman's like, "Who are you?" And Christoph goes, "I am the creator." 
of a television show. <laughs> There's a huge pause. The religious angles are, are, are pretty obvious now. I didn't mm-hmm. get this when I was a kid, but yeah, definitely. I mean, Jim Carrey, Jesus Christ. Ooh, I know. Whoa. Think about this. True man, true man is true man. Yep. Mm, it's like right? a PTA movie. God has created man, yep. and he has created what he considers to be a paradise for man. But true man, like Adam, he chooses knowledge. He chooses the reality, truth, mm-hmm. as opposed to the so-called paradise. I think it is, too. It hits on what you learned in Sunday school, that like God is always like watching. So (laughs) eventually, like, Truman has to come to this realization that, like, oh, man, every time I, like, beat off or, like, did something weird in the mirror, like, bro, people saw that shit. So I think it does play off that. They were watching him do weird shit. Yeah. There's, like, some religious guilt built into this for sure you ever take like your ball skin and you wrap it around like the shaft no no now that oh my god Corey. the hood and cowl now that uh, you guys are bringing up the oh the goat <laughs> waiting anybody okay uh, i'm actually surprised now that we're bringing up all the religious things that they didn't make truman 33 isn't it kind of a missed opportunity since isn't that how old they Jesus think age? Jesus was when he died? Yeah. Honestly, him being 30 is a little bit of a weird point in this movie because it, from my perspective, it's like either shit is just like really hitting the fan recently or it's a weird age to have such an awakening. It's a, it's like, a generational thing in my opinion. What do you mean? Cause I mean, I don't think it is the way it is now, but especially in the late nineties, early two thousands and generations before that, the thought was, by the time you're 30, and Marlon brought it up too, you've either almost hit your dreams or you haven't, yeah. and you're okay with it. Yeah, millennials and Gen Z are life starts at 30 generations, and before that, it was by 22. Yeah. You need to have, you're out of college, you're engaged, you got, or you're married, you have a kid on the way, you're in your career. Yeah, so 30 is like that number around this time, especially too, where it's like when you're 30, you know, either you've accomplished what you've wanted to and you're on your way to, you know, even more things or it's just time to let go of those things and move on to what you have. Mm -hmm. So I think 30 is kind of why they chose that age. Yeah. At the time it was like a very settled in kind of like point in life for Mm -hmm. like Gen Xers and above. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot more sense. Speaking of letting go, uh, Christoph needs to try and let go of Truman. I think we were talking about, like I said, there's nothing really super interesting to me in that little period where he's covering his own tracks outside of two things the um pencil sharpener shot which is brilliant and cool with a little spinning camera and the scene where truman is drawing the soap alien or spaceman thing which was in all of the trailers and that's so burned in my brain from seeing that in the trailers but Corey, do you want to take us through truman's initial escape here when he's trying to lose sight of um Christoph. Before Corey does that, and he's so shall, but like, I love, like, I'm a camera guy. I'm a video editor and shooter in real life. And what's special about this movie is every single time that they show, like, a camera that's hidden, like this pencil camera that, like, spins, it's cool because you get, like, that cool visual. 
and then there's like a second round that like washes over you that's like this is the director Kristoff just going through and meticulously hiding cameras in every way he can so it's just like this perfect marriage kind of of cinema and like weird dreadful feeling but anyway yeah sorry the eerie voyeurism mm-hmm. yes uh, ever present i agree josh so truman does escape uh the cameras that are filming him at all times a task that i would certainly never be able to do uh, i feel like i would get caught and then i would you know they'd be watching me all the time and i'd never be able to get out of it so you know, truman has a better head on his shoulders than me for this and uh, you know, he gets away and it really breaks down the whole show. Like, they are completely unprepared for a situation where Truman is not on camera. They they panic. You know, they have no backup plan for this. So, you know, when Marlon tries to keep it together, that's really their, like, last gasp of uh, mm-hmm. keeping the show running. Uh, Truman's out of there and they're, they're trying to find out, like, exactly how he got out and, you know, you know what methods he used, but... Uh, it's a big panic mode, and they pretty much surrender the ability to keep the charade up at all at the point when they turn the moon into a spotlight. <laughs> it's like the Eye of Sauron <laughs> just sweeping the water. <laughs> it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they make it day, like, in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, with with everyone in the town, like, forming a search party for him. <laughs> Locking what arm What do they arm. possibly <laughs> expect? Can they? Like, they can't go back. Like, what are they going to do? There's never, there's no normal ever again at that point. He is officially a prisoner. It seems like the show would be ruined at that point, right? Like if Truman would be acknowledging oh, yeah. it in a TV show, then it's, then it's basically an actor with fake emotions. You know what I mean? At that point. And that's everything that Kristoff was trying to get away from in the beginning when he said that people are sick of actors mm-hmm. putting on phony emotions and special effects and pyro. But Brett, we see that Truman Burbank is hitting the high seas no one knows how he can s- sail because he's in insurance. But what? Take us through this last, the very end of the movie here, because I remember the, I remember distinctly the first time seeing this as a kid, and between the the score, who wrote the score? Glass, what's his name? Um, Hugh. Phil Glass. Phil Glass's score, and like just the way that the edge of this set looks with the clouds and everything. It's it's. I mean, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. It was like it had a profound effect on me just seeing this scene. Like, man, those are the coolest things I've ever seen. But, but what happens here at the end? So yeah, he gets away, and they they do find him eventually. But so, Kristoff's plan, first plan, is to cause a really bad storm because he know he says that Truman will turn back, and once he doesn't, he's kind of resigned to the fact and scarily okay with. Um, killing him on national TV, on international TV. Um, even guys, I mean, they're trying to stop it. The big time owner of the studio, uh, Paul Giamatti. But Christoph's like, well, and then he has got that really profound line. He was, what did he say? He was born on TV. He might as well die. Or something along those lines, mm-hmm. which is sick. He goes full pissed off mom. I gave birth to you. I can take you out of this world. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, right, it's yeah. after... I brought you and I can take you out. For all this talk about how he can leave whenever he wants, he's literally trying to kill him so he can't leave. I mean, I think that shows right there. Somebody asked about if he had any humanity earlier. I, I, I don't know. I think after this part, it's kind of hard to argue that he does. No, he's so angry that, like, 
he's been outsmarted, outwitted by Truman, that he's willing to kill him. He's such a fucking bitch about it. All the safeguards have been passed. Like, yeah, it's it's almost like he's uh, like a sore loser. I mean, that's kind of what he is. He he's got the answer for everything, and nothing he did worked. So it's like, well, I might as well blow it up. How do you reconcile the fact he's like petting the screen of Truman multiple times and clearly like doting on him? Yeah, like you wonder like if he loves them or whatever. I mean, I wouldn't say that he doesn't maybe love them or at least what he thinks love is. He pets him in the same way that you would pet like, I don't know, if you made like a cool like Play-Doh figurine. <laughs> or like Tommy Boy in the, in the little roll. You massage yeah. it and you poke it. <laughs> yeah, I love my little pet. <laughs> Philip Baker Hall. To movie club, he shows up as a TV exec. He's uh, what's his name in uh, Boogie Nights? Floyd, the oh, the boss. Um, Stevie, were you? Do you get any? Uh, do you get emotional at all at the end here when when Jim Carrey's walking through the the cloud painted door and takes his final bow? I get emotional when he walks the steps. That's like the moment where it's like... Score is so fucking good. Score is fantastic. Just the buildup of, you know, not just hitting the wall, but actually walking up those steps. And it's nothing really small, but I love how the camera goes to the exit on the door. Like, it's such a little thing, you know what I mean? To You know, you see a door and it walks out, but the fact that it says exit always brings a smile to my face. And um, the, when I get emotional, is like when you know the fan clubs around the world get emotional Mm -hmm. you know not just the fact that their favorite show is essentially getting canceled but the person that they've been following for 30 years is finally going to get to live his life which is interesting that that's what they're rooting for yeah they're rooting for their favorite show get canceled but it's neat to see them actually root for you know what's good you know what's best for truman not what's best for their viewing pleasure Mm mm-hmm and Truman walks off with his signature catchphrase mm-hmm. about spoiling you later. Um, good afternoon, good evening, good night. I want to quickly say, because this is something that's always been on my mind ever since I was a little kid. And I think Stevie can maybe help me out with this. But like, I always liked the idea of the Truman story continuing. Mm. right? And I know sequels are like overdone. And when you do a sequel 20, 30 years later, it's not always great. It doesn't. I'm not necessarily saying a sequel, maybe like a series or something, or just I don't know. I said book. the exact same thing to Brittany last night. I feel like that would be dark, though. That's the whole point: is the lights go out when he enters that door. Truman's life goes to shit when he gets out there. What do you mean, Pap? He's in love with a woman who he doesn't even know. So, like, just for starters, there's a whole <laughs> myriad of problems that could arise from that. He's the most famous person in the yeah. world. He's Everyone's gonna be... seen him do everything. He's going to have profound trust issues in every relationship that he establishes at this point. And he has no idea how the real world works. He's walking in front of cars in he this movie. He has to get a job. Stopping them with his arms. I, I, he's probably rich. Or he's probably going to he probably Yeah, I'm saying he better get some back pay. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, he doesn't know how danger works. I like the idea of, like, a traumatized Truman oh, living in yeah. the real world and coping with real it. We got that movie, though. We already got that movie. What's it called? Blast from the Past, Stevie. Blast from the Past with Brendan Fraser. We got that movie. 
That is nothing like what I'm envisioning. It's a fantastic, oh, fantastic Brigsby movie. Brigsby Bear. Brigsby Bear. There you go. He like tries to make a movie with his friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of it, but not just the sheltered angle. But like, I like the idea of like the constant paranoia. And I mean, it would have, there would have to be a plot, right? I think maybe if Truman was trying to help the next Truman fill in in some way, and then he has to go back into what used to be the Truman Show. I think that would be a good angle for it. Sounds depressing and dark, man. <laughs> I don't know, but right up your alley. Uh, Truman goes to prison. <laughs> just Truman goes to the sisters it's, it's attacking. Just like the Truman Saves movies. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Pat, you talk about the old guy when you said Boogie Nights. Uh, Philip Baker Hall. Yeah, he's also in Magnolia. I think. Yeah, no, he's. We could easily say he's Five Movie Club. Whoa! Bring it. Give it to us. Okay, so he's in The Rock. Uh, okay. He's he the guy who helps him get up. Yeah, uh, Boogie Nights. Crap, I had it all. Truman Show. Uh, he's actually in Truman Show. He's in Zodiac. And he's actually in archive footage of Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond. Hmm. So whether that counts or not, he's at least in the four movie club, maybe five. I would definitely say five is, movie Is club. he in Zodiac or The Zodiac? Both. He's in both. He's in both. I saw that. I'm that was serious. an accidental casting on one of their parts. He went to the wrong set. Yeah. Let me see if he, he plays the. Let me see if he set. plays the same character. <laughs> any, so, any other? I mean, I'll say this. I know, kind of got off base, but Corey, I don't want to see a sequel to the Truman Show because I think the ending is so perfect, and the fact that we don't get to see his life beyond the Truman Show, I think is perfect. Because uh, that's when the lights go out and people need to be at peace with, you know, Truman living his life, whichever way he wants. Um, but if I were to make a movie that was somewhat adjacent to this movie, I would, I know he's an evil bastard, but God, would I love to see Kristoff before the Truman show in some capacity. Hmm. Like who hurt him? I mean, kind of the life that he was leading. I think that would just be interesting. Whether it be young or just before the Truman Show or him building the sets, like a visionary. Mm. I think he's a fascinating character, as evil as he, you know, as he may be. I guess Peter Weir had like a 10-page backstory written for Kristoff. And he had like was filming homeless people or something like living amongst them. Um, yep. Oh, and my also God. The, oh, wow. the original casting was Dennis Hopper. And he was <gasps> fired within like two days of filming, Why? which I thought was interesting. Apparently, he didn't know his lines. He refused <sighs> to learn his lines. This isn't how I work, Peter. <laughs> there's so many times that there's arguments, whether they're on the internet or in real life, where you'll hear people say something like, who are you to judge? Mm. And oftentimes, that's a really good point. Like, yeah. who are... Who are you to like <laughs> play God in this situation? Who are you to judge? I'm a great judge. But like, yeah. It, so you would be a great Ed Harris in this movie. Who I thinks agree. He ultimately, as Kristoff of Christ, <laughs> as the like, he can just judge and like control. Like, who gives you the right to control my life? Like, as adults, we all live together, but like separately from one another because we all have our own choices. But that's what's like so chilling about Kristoff. He's like subtly taking those choices away from Truman. Mm. It's so sadistic. The end too, where Truman sees himself out, and then it goes back to the viewers, and their their feed is cut. You know, watching the Truman Show, the show has officially ended. Truman is gone. 
it ends kind of like the cable guy in a weird way. Cable where, guy. Where like the guys watching TV <laughs> decide to like just change the channel or do something else. Like, you know, the guy that's watching the security guard or whatever he is, he's like, what else is on? And they just change the channel. It reminds me of in the cable guy when the TVs go out for everyone because of what Jim Carrey does. And then like someone picks up a book instead. It's like, okay, just on to the next thing. I haven't seen Cable Guy in so long because it was so bad. Like that scene in Tommy Boy where they're watching Tommy plead his heart out and the lady in the bar goes, this or Gladiators? And everybody in the bar goes, Gladiators. <laughs> American Gladiators, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm picking up on what Corey is saying, though, because there is like a little flavor of like, this was really affecting to people, but then they just like moved on to the next reality TV show or whatever else. But that's that's what's interesting. And like I know we're talking about a sequel. I don't know if I would ever want to see a remake of the Truman Show because I feel like there would be so much emphasis on vlogging, technology, yeah, social media, camera phones, all that kind of Instagram, stuff. Instagram like picture in pictures popping up. It really so did annoying. come out the perfect time. That's part of the beauty. It's so prophetic. Survivor comes out in 2000. American Idol comes out in, I don't know, 2001, 2002. Big Brother, The Apprentice, um, Amazing Race. All those like huge reality shows of the early 2000s. This predated all British of them. British like, Bake Off. He, <laughs> he knew. He knew it was coming. He could see Best. it coming. To be fair, and I was said the same thing last night, but then I was like, oh, I guess real world and road rules were around for a long yeah, time before this. I guess. But that was cable. So... I'm with you. It, it this would not have been. I don't think it was have been as effective five years later. Like when I talked about the ring, it's like the ring to me. Watching it as in 2021 wasn't scary because it just wasn't relevant in my life anymore. So, like, mm. I just don't think it would have been nearly as good if we would have you know come out five ten years later. It's like we, it was already oversaturated with uh, reality TV at the time. You know, Pap, it's interesting you bring up remakes. Remember that movie we saw with um. Tom Hanks and Emma Watson and The Circle. The Circle. I feel like a remake of this would feel a lot like The Circle. Yeah, I which was one that. of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Cautionary tales of technology. Bill Paxton's last movie. Sad. Yeah, and you also had on um, Pat Oswalt going, "This could change politics." <laughs> that movie is. But that really... before or after he killed somebody. Hey now, hey now. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Speaking of moving on to the next thing, like they do at the end of the German show, I had two other just final thoughts, and I'll open up to you guys. First one, this movie has sneaky great visual effects. And I know like when you think of the visual effects, you think of like the dome or maybe some of the water or whatever. All of the towns or all of the buildings in Seaside, Florida had tons of uh, visual effects on them. Like they built up all of the buildings. It, it really doesn't show at all. And then my second final thought, and I'll leave it at this and just open it up for commentary, but Representative Matt Gates hails from Seaside, Florida. And Stevie, you said that he, his family owns the house that the Truman Show lives in. Is that confirmed? Is that real? Yeah. Pretty wild. Or at least it was told to me one of the houses they filmed in. You've been to that town. It's a very strange vibe. You said it's a very rich person's <laughs> town. Uh, yeah, you better be rolling with some deep, deep pockets to uh, be frequenting there. But one cool thing they do, though, is you guys know that kind of grassy park area? It's like in the middle of town. Yeah. Like every night they have like a giant movie screen that they play movies on. Do they play the Truman Show? I wouldn't be shocked. I think what what played on there when I was there? I think it was Wreck-It Ralph, maybe. But um, yeah, like it's an exuberantly wealthy area. One also cool thing they do is 
Like they have a bunch of um, what are they called? Jet streams, like those silver RVs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like up and down this street, they have nothing but like food vans and food trucks. And they that have this awesome. grilled cheese one that is really, mm-hmm. really good. Uh, but mm. other than that, if you're gonna own a house there, standard house in seaside watercolors, like probably around two and a half, three mil, easy. It's uh, well, the, Peter Weir, I guess, like was scouting all these locations, couldn't find anywhere in Hollywood, saw this place and was like, yeah, we're not leaving here, and started pre-production that day. And there, I guess there was intense negotiations with the founder of the town because it was all like a planned community, and they ended up being yeah, a cameo like a, in the movie. It's to, not an organic community. This is, everything's meticulously planned. Any other final thoughts, though, on the true? Oh, yeah, show? I got a few. Please, Brett. Uh, okay, so first of all, I'm going to say I have stolen everything I'm about to say from my list of top 20 things you didn't know about Truman Show from what culture so you know thank you Uh, just a couple shots that were really cool um when they're out on the beach and they're you could see the moon i don't know which scene i think probably with the girl no when he's by himself and then the lightning goes off that a lightning flash and then you see the flash of the lightning off the moon like that was apparently obviously deliberately done to show that the moon's not really like, you know, the lightning shouldn't be reflecting off the moon. So that's really cool. Uh, something I wouldn't have ever noticed. I'm sure you guys probably did. Uh, you guys know what I'm talking about? When he's out on the beach at the beginning with when the rain comes down? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I know the scene. And there's like lightning. If you look at it again, it lights up the moon. Which Too subtle of a touch for me to have noticed, but that sounds cool. For sure. I didn't notice either. Uh, when he goes to work, when Meryl's on his route, this one's more obvious, but like he doesn't have enough candy bars. So every time Truman turns around, he takes candy bars back out. So it looks oh, like he's yeah, stocking. I did notice that. I did notice that too. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. Watch it again. Like he doesn't have enough because he's not supposed to. Um, one time, a guy who's cleaning up trash in the street is literally picking up air. He's got one of those little uh, like T Rex arm claw things that you get to pick up trash on the ground. He's yeah. going around picking up nothing because it's just he's you know he's just an extra. A T Rex claw, yeah, that's what <laughs> like we call James when we were kids, Brett. <laughs> well, yeah, they had those little things you'd get at, like the skating rink or something. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, those are fun. Two more. One, uh, Meryl and not Meryl. I keep saying Meryl. I'm in Marlin or whatever his name is. Um, they both have like brand new Ford cars. Like I was, I read that that was pure product placement. Like for Ford, um, but it works know, in the show, yeah. right? Yeah, but like it's it's probably out of the movie, but also in the movie as well because it, like you said, it does work. And then um, there's a really cool scene where uh, when Truman starts to figure it out, uh, Paul Giamatti, like he's actually shown looking at the classifieds because he thinks he's about to lose his job <laughs> because he thinks the gig's about to be up. <laughs> now there's more other things I can't remember, but like that's just like raise this movie to even higher level like this guy but peter weir i mean i love witness obviously but mm-hmm. this is another like genius it's just, just genius i mean we'll we'll get to it but i just wanted to share those things if you rewatch them again they're really really cool the truman show is made for slash r slash movie details i have another r slash subreddit or well, I didn't read this anywhere but i came up with it and i like it mm, nice and now op but i think that part where his wife says, like, do something, that's a really key <laughs> yeah. scene. Because first of all, I was thinking, like, is Truman canceled? Did he try to, like, choke out his wife? 
<laughs> but I think if you actually white watch it, she pulls that like knife on her first, and he's like on dis- him first, yeah. Yeah, she pulls it on him first, and then he's disarming her. And while he's disarming her, that's when she shouts, "Do something!" And then he takes mm-hmm. it away and kind of like dispels any sense of violence. And she says something. She like turns her back on him and says something very pointed. She says, "How am I supposed to work under these conditions? Yeah, it's unprofessional." <laughs> and I think that's brilliant because it's like an actress asking for like a better contract in the script, and something she got about out. <laughs> it just fits so perfectly. They tried to yeah, write. She her literally out. got written out. That's perfect. They bring in the new girl. A new love interest. (laughs) (laughs) Big news. I think Laura Linney's great, just in general. Yeah. I'll always associate her with Congo, directed by my Uncle Frank. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. Love Congo. Great podcast on Big Dumb Movie. See, I think of her and love, actually. So, But uh, one last thing I forgot. This is actually kind of important that it's harder to catch when Sylvia is... In her place, like, she's obviously got, like, rallies for Truman, but, like, they zoom in to her wall, and she's got some actors in there that have notes. Like, she, it looks like she tried to get his co-worker that's kind of douchey, the guy from Parenthood, I don't, Peter, I don't know. And it says, like, no way, and other extras that she's tried to get on her side, and there's little notes next to him, like... Might yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about? They're like mm-hmm. Polaroids, and she's got little notes. She's like tried to reach out to these people. Yeah, she's got all this red string on her on her wall, and she's pointing at it. It it all connects. It all makes sense. She's she's Sylvia. She's Pepe <laughs> Sylvia. Carol, Carol, Carol doesn't exist. Any other final thoughts? I can't understate the score enough. It's so like, good. The score in this movie is so good. I hope you don't skimp on the score in the editing, Pappy. We're going to push it to the YouTube algorithm limit of Ooh, copyright dang protection. It. <laughs> Hour and a half cutting off this. I, I, I'm sorry. You, after this one, just just go. Don't let me think anymore. Uh, another one I saw was every all the music in Truman Show is classical because it's all royalty free. That's <laughs> oh, a that really cool sense. detail. That's why they play that on the radio? That's what this said. Because like, they can show it on TV? Show it on TV and they don't owe any money to... Because it's all... Almost all of it's public domain. <laughs> wow. I don't know if that is something that they thought of in the filmmaking, but that works so well. Mm-hmm. With, like, the commercialism nature of the Truman Show, right? Because they talk about, like, how this show is funded, I think, more than once, right? The sponsors. Everything in the Truman Show is for sale. You can get, like, Truman's goofy outfits, which they have, like, a model wearing his gardening outfit, which is yeah. pretty funny. That's a subtle touch, right? When they're talking about how everything's... Uh, for sale in the Truman catalog, Operation Stan- Operator standing by. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's also so good when he's like, "Who are you talking to?" And she's like, "This is my favorite cocoa." This reminded me of something Josh was saying earlier. Well, he's she like, chooses the absolute to? worst times. Yeah, so bad, yeah. So bad. Meryl. Like, it's because she just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> but I think it's like a panic. <laughs> Seriously, I have one last yeah. th- one last thought, Pat. Yeah. Um, I think Meryl and Marlon might be some of the two most evil movie characters I've ever seen on screen like even more so than Kristoff for the simple fact of even like say I was going on a TV show you know like the Truman show if I spent enough time with somebody eventually 
I would care for that person. Even if I was like faking at first, I'd eventually yeah. come to be like, okay, I actually care about this person. There's no way I could work on a show for 23 years and let someone's life be controlled like that or, you know, falsely marry somebody and Crazy. never say anything and just collecting a paycheck. Like how much of a sub, you have to be such of a sub, so subhuman to go through the motions and being famous outside of this giant globe is insane to me. It feels like Marlon should have had one or two more sympathetic moments. I know that was something that was cut from one of the drafts. I think it works that, it, that he doesn't. It, do, it does work. I mean, it makes that scene all the more powerful. It's like, if everyone's in on it, I'm in on it. But at the same time, he's grown up with Truman since he was a child, too. It's you what know makes what I mean? him evil. You would think crazy. that would count for it's something. A, it's like, what makes him evil, man. Yeah. Corey, do you have a favorite moment of the score that we can swell? In between this and yes or no, is there a favorite moment from the movie? Yeah, the absolutely. The reunion moment with the father. Right there. <laughs> Let's get into yes or no's. We'll go in the same order that we started with. Uh, Brett, you first. Yeah, I, I think I put in my letterbox review. Like, I, I remember watching this movie. I saw it in the theater. Maybe watched it one other time. But when I watched it last night, I just was like, like, I think this movie is like a masterpiece. I think it's unbelievable. Um, I, I won't I won't sit here and gush about it forever. It's, it's awesome. It's like the hardest, such a hard yes. Unbelievable. Did Brittany like it? We're doing it's it's on our hundred movie bucket list and it's in the bottom third. And I was trying to say, Oh, I thought you liked it more. And she's like, Well, we've watched a lot of good movies. So she liked it, but it like wasn't one of her favorites, I don't think. Hmm. I see. I, that was just a pretense for you to reply with keep oh. my wife's name <laughs> out of your fucking mouth. Yeah, that <laughs> sounds exactly like something I would say. Special podcast on the Patreon covering the Will Smith slap, by the way. Check that out. Sorry, Brett, didn't mean to interrupt. No, I'm done. Josh? We lose him? All right. I want to talk about Josh for a second because... Please. I never know if Josh is just like being silent to troll us <laughs> or if he's actually gone. Because it could really be either way with him. Sometimes he insists and puts his fo foot down. He's like, I'm not going next. And he'll put himself on mute. And it's very... <laughs> Um, confrontational way to it can be a little jarring live yeah. on pod yeah it's like okay I guess you're gonna get your way um. <laughs> Josh does like Andy Kaufman style humor where like he just won't speak and that's the joke <laughs> here like, he comes <laughs> to save the day Corey while we wait for Josh and Limbo why don't you go ahead okay I've been thinking about this Pappy and there's two words that accurately represent this movie for me beautiful and tragic there's like a real sense of sadness that permeates throughout this movie. And the, the level of control that everyone has over Truman's life is like, it's one, it's engaging, it's interesting, and it's a good concept, but it's also very sad. And Jim Carrey is very sad as Truman. And, you know, his life is just full of like uh, really fake human connection. 
And the, the way the story plays out is exactly the way you'd want, right? Where he frees himself through much difficulty and hardship. And that's good too. But at the end of it all, it's like you guys said, like entering the black. It's like, he, is he really going to have any kind of fulfilled life at this point? And the answer is most likely no, mm-hmm. which is why I've always considered like, I don't want to say the sequel, but like the story of Truman continuing. Like I, it's just always like worked in my brain. And that's maybe that's for the better that there is no actual sequel because in my mind, you know, I envision it a certain way where, you know, he's, he's basically going to be a broken person forever. And no matter what he chose, life would be incomplete to him. Staying in the Truman Show, that would never work for anyone, knowing the false reality. Leaving would definitely cause its own problems, and I'm sure it did in the story of Truman. I I talked about the score already. Absolute top-notch. The the performances are really good as well. Jim Carrey is a great addition to this movie. He's a really good dramatic actor, and this is a dramatic role, I think. It just is peppered with Jim Jim Carrey absurdity and that's just him being him and Truman's kind of a goofy guy he's a dork he's a square like you guys said so that comes natural to him but ultimately the Truman show is a tragedy but it's a beautiful tragedy I'll go next um hardest of yeses for me I I fucking love this movie this might be my favorite Jim Carrey movie to be honest um and, you know, there's obviously funnier ones, but th- there's this so rewatchable, there's such a rewatchable quality to the Truman Show. And that's in the attention to detail, the production design. This is a 10 out of 10 concept, 10 out of 10 cast, um, 10 out of 10 production design, and a very, very, very good story that is extremely well edited and paced. That, that kind of rounds it all out. Um, I could watch the Truman Show three, four times a year. And be happy with it, I think. And, and probably catch something new every time. Um, very hard yes for Truman Show. Can I ask you something, Pat? Mm-hmm. I don't want to put you on blast. So uh, you just named all these 10 out of 10s. Can I ask why it's not a five-star to you? It's super close. It's right on the border. And I actually watched it one more time today. And I might update that to a five-star. There's I mean, a I'm couple, not you. I just... There's a couple yeah, but... of like the icebox moments things that, that you definitely would never catch on a first watch. Call me Becky. But like, I don't know. There's like <laughs> nice. something about it that's like the, some of the exposition in the diner, I don't know if I necessarily love and doesn't feel organic. And like when you step outside of the world of the Truman Show, things should feel more organic. And there's just a couple questions that we had too. Is like, why is everything going to shit right now? But it's, it's not something I ever think yeah, about when I'm watching the movie. Like it, it, this would be like a 9.4 like, I don't know, 9.5, like really like teetering on the edge for me. I'll probably round up and give it five stars just based on some of like the no, stuff that you yeah. even mentioned. Like the attention to detail outweighs any kind of like CinemaSins bullshit that you can do to this movie. So yeah, it's oh yeah. right I mean, Every movie's got that. Mm-hmm. Josh from Goshen here. And the world is a sick place. And Sea Haven is the way the world should be. Mm. And this is where I think a lot of the director is saying of Christ, the Christian God is saying there's like one sort of life that should fit everyone and it clearly doesn't. Mm. That's putting the artistic, artistic sentiment in a really shallow way, I think. But <clears throat> that's a little bit what I get from that. Um I freaking love this movie just like you guys do. And I thought 
revisiting it would break the magic a little bit, and it really just doesn't. This movie is amazing. One of the things we didn't really talk about is just how utterly cathartic it is when they do show the other audience members like watching Truman. They typically have this, like... <laughs> we see evil Marlin, evil Meryl, evil Kristoff just, like, manipulating Truman. But then the... F- the people watching on television, even though I guess that's an exploitive way to be watching another human's life play out, they want what's best for Truman in some sort of weird way, which I think gives hope against what Corey was saying, that like Truman's life is like bound to be fucked either way. I think he has a lot of goodwill with the people. I think he's a really good dude. I think he's a really smart dude. I think his life and his job has been bs up to date but i think if he wanted to get a normal job as a salesman he probably could get into some government assistance like hidden program but uh i don't know i have more hope than you do kyle i think same or kylo i know i think i think that he can meet this woman i think that maybe what they had could have been legitimate and even if not it's a better thing for him to be like free in the world to make his own choices so i just love how this movie plays to like a basic human instinct that we all kind of feel like we're being watched to some extent in everyday private things and um no you don't think that stevie i just had a thought come i had keep going keep going i can't wait to hear it but anyway that's the end of my yes or no huge yes pappy i think you thought that I might choose this movie at some point, which is maybe why you didn't choose it a few dozen episodes ago, but I'm so glad you finally pulled the trigger on it, buddy. I forgot forgot about that. I totally forgot about that whole conversation. I think Truman's going to sue Kristoff into oblivion, personally, so um, (laughs) I don't think you'll be getting government assistance. No, they're going to do a celebrity (laughs) boxing match. Truman Burbank versus Kristoff. Stevie, Stevie, yeah, what were you... Yes. You can just see him right now. He's got his fingers pinched against the top of his nose. He looks like he's concentrating so hard on something. Is it against something I said? Or no. is it a he yes said, oh. Not no. He said, oh. He said, oh. Like he had an epiphany. Your Let's words inspired go. him. <sighs> he's, his brow is so furrowed. <laughs> I hate it so much, but it almost worked. The only way I think you could do a sequel to this movie is if Kristoff had fail safes outside of Truman. Like other babies? Other babies that were adopted outside of Truman. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Like, why would they not copycat the why? most popular television show in the history of Right, Earth? so I think that there yeah. are other babies that don't know that if tr- something happens with Truman, they're going to be, you know what I mean? They're going on to him. Like living within this they're community? Next up. Living, yeah, next up. It'd be called the New Man Show. Mm. Yeah, so I think the only way... <laughs> Newman. And what I think would be interesting is if... Like, you'd show Truman and these other people, like, rehabilitating outside, like, with each other and having to rebuild identities. That's what's interesting about this movie is, is, like, the way our personalities are and our worldviews are is through experience. And Truman has the most manufactured worldview, and his cognitive dissonance needs to be completely wiped and rebuilt from the ground up, which is an interesting concept. But I think him doing it with other people wouldn't be so bad. 
What if he comes in there and just like starts to kill everybody, John Wick style, for free? <laughs> that could be kind of cool. What would you give the Truman Show on a yes or no rating scale? This oh, this week? is the hardest of yeses. I mean, this to me is like Eternal Sunshine is like 1A, Truman Show is 1B. Mm. And if everybody knows how I feel about Eternal Sunshine, like that's a really, really high grade. The acting is top notch. And one thing I love about this movie is like writing a good movie is hard enough. Writing a great movie is, I mean, nearly impossible. And writing a movie that functions on as many levels as this does is just, it's a masterpiece. You know, just these little things that seem insignificant, but when you rewatch it, when you watch it, you're like, wow, this really is a high, high functioning movie. And so, cause, I mean, it works if you don't see it, and it works if you do see it. So, uh, Jim Carrey, I think, is a brilliant actor when he wants to be and given the right roles. And um, one thing I've always found interesting about this movie is Kristoff, in a way, wins along with Truman. They both win. Because when the, you know, he goes through that door and the lights go out, you know, for the last time, Truman has, I mean, uh, Kristoff has successfully produced the most watched and highest rated TV show of all time up until the end. And his finale, which is the hardest thing to land, is landed with Truman's exit. And Truman may have a broken life, but he's living a broken life as a free man. So it's a win-win across the board. Hardest of yeses. Super happy that Pappy picked it. Thank you. I forgot to say I gave this a yes, too. I didn't say that. (laughs) I almost said, so is that a yes? But I was like, he must have said yes or no at some point. Yeah, my bad. I missed that. Um, But like an episode of The Truman Show, every episode of Spoilers has its own cadence. Our (laughs) cadence is a trivia game. Josh. Oh! (laughs) The Lord of the Rings episodes are out, and I wanted to subject you to the most bullshit trivia that you subjected us to. So this is a little game called, what'd you call it? Like the thesaurus game? Or what is this? I'm terrible at this. Something like that. So (sighs) we're going to do two... We're going to do, we'll do two quick rounds with each word that I have. There's red, orange, and yellow words. Red are worth three. Orange are worth two. Yellow are worth one. You got to name a synonym. That's not that's how we on. did it. Nope. This is better than the way you did it. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> is it written on a sheet of paper that's right between you and Stevie? No. no. It's on my laptop screen. <laughs> I'm facing Stevie. Uh, he's seeing the back of my laptop with a bear yeah, sticker cool over the bear. Apple icon. Um, country bear? Uh, yes, a country bear. Jamboree. Yeah. Um, great movie, by the way. Great <laughs> film. Um, so the first word, I guess the order, um, Brett, you're on the schneid. Do you want to go first or last? Ooh, if you ain't first, you're last. Um, let's, let's do it. I'll go first. Okay. Oh, stupid. So we're going to go through each word I'll go, twice. I'll go last. I'll go last. I'll go last. I'll go last. Okay. <laughs> we're going to go through each word twice. I have two words, so four total rounds. Consistent points. Each time we're not going to ratchet it up. Um, keep it the same. The word, Stevie. Oh, I'm going first? Yeah. Television. <laughs> Synonym for television? Yes. Oh, um, screen. I should have gone first. No, I'm sorry. Damn. Corey? Monitor. No. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. It's a hard one. Josh? Oh, I see. I'm, we're using the wrong. Silver screen. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Isn't this a good game? This Brett? is hard. <laughs> you, said, you said television, right? Television. TV? Boom. That's an orange word for breath. Okay. Two points. <laughs> I was like, does that count? Second time through. Stevie, back to you. Uh, I hate this so much. Um, let's try programming. No. <sighs> Corey? As Ellis would say, the bloody telly. Yeah. The telly, mate. Mm-hmm. That's an orange word. Nice. For two. Great job, Corey. Josh? Thanks, Alice. Shows? No. I want a telly. That was I got one that my dad and grandpa on. used to say. It's just got to be on there. The tube. Tube. Tube is worth two, Brett. Nice. Commanding lead. Some of the other good ones that we right. missed. Um, babysitter. Receiver. Boob tube. Idiot box. Yep, that was oh. Small screen. Oops. Oh. Incubus reference. Video. <laughs> TV set. Um, you can say TV set? Those aren't good ones. Yeah, Josh. Yeah. yeah, Josh. Silver screen is movies. It's, I think, it, yeah, small screens, though. Okay. Second word. This one Bad has luck. way more synonyms. <laughs> Sale. Two rounds through. Brett is up by Brett is up by two on Corey, but it's still anyone's game. Okay. To you, is, sale. Is this a sale? A song at, by AWOL Nation. Is this a sale at Pennies or is this a different type of sale? I L. S A I L. Thought you were gonna pull a sneaky Josh move. Mm-hmm. This fairly dank word has how many <laughs> 420, baby. How about boat? <laughs> boat is a two-point word. There we go. Nice, Stevie. Let's go. Corey, back to you. Schooner. Fuck That's you. That's Oh, it's so good. Taking um, all my answers. I've seen mall rats. <laughs> you dumb bastard. Schooner's only a <laughs> one-point word. Bastard. I thought that was going to be a three. <laughs> I can't believe it. This, It's a great one. Three. Corey's up to three. Sorry, it's only worth one, though. Josh? Pappy said sail, but I know that sailboat is also a word. That's my guess. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, dingy. What the hell? <laughs> no. So, last round... Josh has been eliminated. Stevie, you have two. Corey, I don't even you have get three. to guess. No, no, you still get to guess for sure. I thought there were three point guesses. Yeah, but I have four. Brett has points. four. Oh, so dang. you could play spoiler man still, Josh. But Stevie, back to you. Ah, the word is sale. <sighs> Josh got z- zero points on the game he invented. This isn't, I mean, this is going to be such a stretch, but. Trying to get those three pointers. Let's try mast. No, I'm sorry. Damn. It was literally the first thing I thought of when he said sail. Yeah. The delay is I'm control FN. Um, just to be 100% sure. So Stevie eliminated it to Corey to stay in the game. 
You need at least a Shit. one point to an M for sale. Oh, that's good. No, I'm sorry. <sighs> oh, no. Josh, do you want to guess? Yes. I'll say... Clyde. Mm, they have the right Herb. ID. Mm. No. <laughs> uh, this game sucks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I Is this sour grapes from you, Pappy? A sour Brett, grapes game? Brett, victory, victory lap here. But any any other one? Oh, no. Uh, float. I have no idea. Float? I was going to say cloth. Float would have been a three-pointer. Um, no kidding. What? It's, it's like these are very much verb-based. So it's like cruise, yeah, like, run, skim, steer, move, sweep. No I was going to say tread. Dart. No mast. No set, tread. Set sail. Weigh anchor, which is like literally the opposite of sailing. So I don't know why <laughs> that's on there. But Brett, you are the trivia tramp champion for the uh, Truman Show. You don't know how to manage this game as well. Hmm. You have to narrow that down a bit. I think this was much more successful than it was on the Lord of the Rings episode. But I hope you guys enjoyed those episodes. <laughs> we'll go to Spoiler Man real quick while Brett thinks of a movie and be right back. Special thank you to our patrons, Matt Troll. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Brother Brian. You can speak. Druid King. Who are you? Nick. I am the creator. The Meg. Of a television show. David. You want another slice? Nurse Stacy. No, I'm okay. The Wolf. Ow, ow, ow. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, one, search for movie spoilers. Two, click on our orange spoilers bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. Three, leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Spoilers is now available on Audible. And we're back. Brett next week's host and by next week i mean sometime in the future <laughs> sometime in the future um i'm gonna do something i've done before i'm gonna uh, let you guys pick um so the three options are and then we'll see how this goes and i might eliminate one the three options are 80s action cheese 90s the psychological thriller or 2000s a female-directed action movie-ish. 90s psychological. Okay. Josh? I'll say 90s psychological as well. Stevie? Yeah, what I heard was Big Trouble in Little China, Memento, and Zero Dark Thirty. Um, <laughs> uh, so no, I'll the take, last one was Charlie's Angels. Sorry. I'll take the uh, 80s action cheese. Pappy? 80s action cheese. Crap. Brett, you're the decider. Uh, I don't want... Coin toss. 
Okay, I will do a coin toss. Uh, I have a, a, a pop cap. Um, the recycle up or down? Uh, Corey, call, uh, recycle thing is 90s. Cap down is is uh, 80s. So call it in the air, Corey. Ready, go. Uh, heads up, whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I didn't, you didn't need to call it. Uh, it is down, so I believe... That was 80s, right? Yes. Yeah. Way okay. to go, Corey. So, 80s. That is the action cheese classic. It's, I think it's only 90 minutes. Commando. There we go. Starring mm. Arnold Schwarzenegger. The original John Wick. What was the other one? 90, the 1990s movie was the only one I haven't seen, which was The Good Son, which I probably would have stolen from Josh. Oh! Elijah Wood, Macaulay Culkin. Mm. And David. 2000s. Yeah, can I change my vote The Good Son? <laughs> Happy, don't fuck with me. Two thousands is another Elijah Wood movie, Green Street Hooligans. Oh yeah, yeah, the soccer. I want the good son. I want the good son too. But Do you want it? Do you guys want it? Yeah, yeah, I want the good son. Okay, I've never seen it. It's also ninety minutes, so it's awesome. Don't go, don't go ice skating on ponds with your sister. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. So I'll do. Well, we'll do good son then. Sounds good to me. Brett. Yeah. If I let you go, think you could fly. Yeah, <laughs> I've only seen parts of this movie. It, it's very unsettling. So yeah, well, let's go. Let's go, good son. That's gonna be fun. I mean, it's gonna be that, but that's fine. At some point cool, in the future, we can be uns. Yeah. Are, we, are we done, Brett? <laughs> yes, we are done. <laughs> well, there you go. That was spoilers. Easily the best episode. Spoilers. I don't see ya. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> yeah. That was spoilers.